Hello, and welcome to Scouring the Depths, the show where we delve deep into the dark, endless, primordial chasm known as heavy music. My name is Joseph. And I'm Nathan. And we are your hosts, and we welcome you back to our Melodic Death Metal Essential series, Chapter 2. Can't forget. Noodle, 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 noodle. Noodle, 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 noodle. I guess this would be like a good spot, like this particular um, series that we're doing where we would throw in the Wayne's World, yeah. you know, because it is melody. Yeah, party time, excellent. You know, uh, get on a cable access. And maybe that's what we should do. Be, we, we should be doing later on. <laughs> we should do be. <laughs> ah, you know, I've just been watching too much uh, scary movie. Oh, okay. We know it's on your mind. Yeah. Come on now. That's what we should do be. Uh, <laughs> All right. So melodic uh, death metal, right? Yeah. Um, on this episode, we are going to be discussing Amorphous, Tales from the Thousand Lakes, and Dark Tranquility, the gallery. Do you have a history with the, these two here works? Um. So yes and no. It's interesting because... Uh, I'll just start off with Amorphous, the band that I know probably the like the most uh-huh. when it comes to the bands we've talked so far. Um, however, this is the album that this is like pretty much the only older album I really know from them. Um, from their because Amorphous has been around forever mm-hmm. and they've been very consistent. Um, ever since a certain point, but you know I, I know more of their latter stuff. Their yeah. middle and latter stuff, and I do know their earlier stuff. So it is interesting to kind of go at uh, Amorphous with this because I, I mean, obviously, this is the one you hear about all the time from people when it comes to like older fans of the band. Yeah. And then with Dark, Tra- Dark Tranquility, it's more of um, I've heard this album quite a few times, but not like not enough. This is probably out of the albums we were going to be talking about, probably the one I know about the least. Okay. But also, you know, I mean, heck, before we recorded this one, we we listened to some of it, and it just reminded me of like, yeah, this stuff is is damn good. There's a reason mm-hmm. why we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about what about yourself? Any 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 uh, past with either of these bands? Not a whole lot, if I'm being honest. Um, I've heard of both of them. Um, with Amorphous, I had heard their previous album before this one, the Corellian Isthmus, which I enjoyed. Uh, I like that that album kind of, it sort of sounds like, to me, like a Paradise Lost meets Bolt Thrower, sort of, because a lot of their songs are like about war, um, but they have like kind of a doomy sound to it. So I thought it was a pretty cool and unique album um but that's nothing compared to where they would go from there (laughs) right (laughs) yeah ever since uh that uh that one's um album that is evading my mind right now as i'm doing this that i am going to have to recant as we're going through this whole thing but with amorphous uh having the one song 
the one album. Okay, I figured it out. Silent Waters was oh, the okay. uh, the album that really switched their switched their gears. Okay. Although okay. they had a couple albums previously to this where they were in an experimental phase. Um, but I feel like their their recent iteration of themselves was from that. But I see. Uh, um, but anyway, we'll get more into Amorphous later. But yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, is that the one we want to start off with? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice transition. All right. Yeah. Well, so amorphous. Uh, who who was uh, in yeah. the uh, the lineup of of roll call? Mm-hmm. We have on vocals and uh, rhythm guitar. We have Tomi Koibusari. Sorry if I butcher these names. Uh, on lead guitar, we have Essa Holopainen. Bass. We have Oli Pekalain. And on drums, we have Jan Reckberger. And on keyboards, which this is the first album where they had a actual member as a keyboardist, Casper uh, Martinson. It's hard to say Finnish names, isn't it? Yeah. That's another thing is that we're going from Sweden, where we left off last, to Finland. Yeah, with, we're taking a trip. Yeah. Down the river. Yeah. <laughs> into S- Finland. Scouring the depths international. Well, we're actually going into like a couple of lakes, a thousand of them, a thousand, which is crazy. Yeah. Man, that artwork. I I, I want to just talk about the artwork for a second. Yeah, go for it. That artwork is amazing. Yeah, like, I I love it. Now, this will be the first time I've mentioned this, but um, this reminds me of like old Magic the Gathering artwork. Okay, like this is the stuff that I really love. Yeah, like looking at. Yeah, and if anyone is a Magic the Gathering fan, hello. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Good um, morning. Good morning. But yeah, I don't know. This something about this is just it's got it's got some kind of mystery mystery to it, but also like darkness at the same time. And I don't know. It it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the previous episode with Slaughter of the Soul and um, looking at heartwork. You you get this. You, you get something special with these types of albums where the artwork really does sell you a world. Mm-hmm. And I think this album in particular has a world that it's building. Yeah. And I, and I love it. Yes. Um, for that side of these things. Yeah. So from what I kind of researched about this album, it's based, it's a concept album based on a Finnish uh, national epic poem called the Kalevala or Kalevala. Help us out. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Very sorry, very sorry. Um, But it basically tells the epic story about the creation of Earth that is a major part of Finnish culture and history. So it's sort of like a tribute to their homeland, but it feels very, uh, you know, it has that kind of like fantasy feel. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting at with the artwork was what I was kind of trying to convey. Right. Yeah. 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 The otherworldly sort of fantasy, like, you know, we're going to the Renaissance Festival kind of vibe, which is very fun and charming. Um, Even though this is more of the the growlier side of it. Right. Yeah. The aggressive side of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, that that sort of epic fantasy feel, I think it kind of ties in with sort of what we had talked about before where, you know, melodic death metal sort of takes more inspiration from like 
like uh, classic traditional heavy metal uh, with like the dual guitar leads and stuff like that. Um, and of course you have the keyboards, which are it's a, a new whole, element. Yeah, it's a whole new uh, which, can of worms. Which we'll we'll get into with our next album too a little bit in a different sense. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because you would think naturally that with the, the previous albums we mentioned that there could be maybe some kind of synth or keyboard esque element to it, but it would, it would throw the, the vibe of the album off uh-huh. uh, probably as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like this, where you kind of hit the nail on the head with the kind of the magic of the world building. Yeah. Like it makes, it just makes complete sense to have a keyboard right in here. Yeah. And yet this sort of thing is kind of unprecedented at the time for death metal for a death metal band, especially one following uh, their previous album, which is very much, you know, more of your typical death metal, death doom kind of style. Um, I was just thinking like, man, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what someone in the, in the nineties who was like, you know, listened to a lot of like deicide and cannibal corpse. I wonder what they made of this album at that time. Yeah. There's <laughs> definitely probably some elitism. That probably right. leaked uh, yeah. over here, um, but it is—it's really fun, kind of coming at it. This all these things from like you know, twenty to to well, I guess twenty plus almost thirty years, right? Um, from from now when we're when we're recording this podcast and, and seeing how much this this landscape has changed mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> kind of getting out of those those um very rigid like. Hey, I, I don't like this. You should like this yeah. kind of world, which you know has its has its fair place in in a, a lot of things. Because there's, uh, it's very. I I kind of wish I was around during this time, yeah. at least in the discovery of music, because music is a lot harder to get back yeah. then. And then also, like you were able to, like you read, read like fan magazines, you were able to. Mm-hmm. You know, buy CDs is, is less readily available, so it was a little bit more unique and more special. Yeah, and so it would be interesting, kind of going back to that time period. But yeah, I went on a tangent there. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you make a good point because you know, if there's something that like you don't really uh, like that doesn't click with you, you nowadays, you can just like, okay, like let's see what someone that is like super into this has to say about it. But back then, it's like you don't really have that easy reference point like that. You just kind of just like left with it to your own devices, and that can be kind of just like you know can end up with just like total rejection, <laughs> or mm-hmm. it can end up with uh, you know what I think a lot of people just went with at that time, and just like well, let me uh, play this again and again and again, and then finally it it clicks. Yeah, which hopefully, hopefully, uh, the riffs and the melodies come in and mm-hmm. and uh, wash wash into you. Yeah, is what I can say. Yeah, just down the gullet, <laughs> down the river. You know the yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna stop avoiding all these uh these river and and water puns and, and things like that. But yeah. man, this this album's a lot of fun, and I, I think oh, it's yeah. definitely one of the most. Of the of the albums we're going to be talking about, this is probably one of the most unique. Yes, albums. Yeah, there is. 
yeah, it's um, it's as much of an influence on the development of like progressive death metal as it is melodic death metal. Uh, so you know, I can see how like maybe including it on this as part of this mini series, some people might be like, "Well, that doesn't really fit," but disagree yeah i disagree too yeah it's <laughs> it has a place. it has yeah and, especially in the early part of it yeah because i mean I, I mentioned my love of the band now mm-hmm. and how i've developed a lot of that you know post silent waters which was the more proggy mm-hmm. side of it yeah which it would turn into right but this album is definitely melodic death metal yeah and like it just has those those nice little highlights of that that prog yeah that you would get With the keyboards and like you know the kind of organy parts and those like weird little you know little keyboard freakouts i'll call <laughs> yes thank i was gonna say yes to yes right because <laughs> yeah. you get all those things well it's just funny because i i mean i don't think we've really talked about it but progressive death metal and um melodic death metal are like sisters yeah they're very close yeah related to each other and honestly like that's the reason i loved melodic death metal growing up like going into this genre um this i guess the subgenre of death metal there is the reason i liked it so much is because i loved you know the the unique oddity plus adding the melody right like and that there's a reason it's like, it's like oh this is catchy this is also strange yes <laughs> and that's what tales from a thousand lakes is it's catchy and strange <laughs> right yeah i think that that sums it up pretty well yeah um yeah and uh i was curious because you know i wasn't really as familiar with amorphous so i went and i listened to their most recent album halo mm-hmm. which just came out this past february um which I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, Halo was great. Uh, yeah, I definitely could sense that, you know, Tails is sort of the blueprint for where they would eventually go, which is, you know, they lean a lot more into that that proggy side, like you said. But they still have, you know, moments of like, you know, the harsh vocals and like the kind of more heavier riffs and stuff. So yeah, I think it's a it's a natural progression. Yeah, and if anyone's curious of checking out Amorphous, kind of to where they would go, obviously I, I mentioned Silent Waters um, is a good kind of point to be like, oh, this is you're listening to Tales, and you'd be like, oh, this is a stylistic change. Yeah, um, and there's stuff in between that too that's interesting. But then you know you mentioned Halo uh, of their most recent albums. I would say Under the Red Cloud is probably their best work, um, and yeah, they're they've almost become kings of like consistency because like their mm-hmm. last four albums have been like heavy and melodic and catchy yeah. and like all of it combined. I'm like, it's like, how are they this good? Like, it's like they've almost matured into a, a well-oiled, you know, band. And yeah. I, I just love the direction they're in, even if it's the amorphous is doing amorphous. And that's kind of like the phrase that you could probably get. It's like they're, they're just doing the best of that, that the best that they do. Yeah, you know, for themselves. Yeah, and they've put out a lot of albums too. Like they've, from this point on to now, like they've still remained very consistent. Yeah. Uh, 
they haven't had like those big breaks in between like um you know like at the gates and carcass like we mentioned before um they were you know just kind of were able to stick with it yeah every other year pretty much is is how the how long they've been putting things out yeah. uh i think the biggest span of time was literally the last album and the one before it because there might have been something that happened yeah. in the world that we oh, all yeah. went through. Hmm. What was that? <laughs> that was the biggest span of time it looks like between their albums, which yeah. is which makes sense. But it yeah, does make sense. Um, but yeah, great, great band, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited for you know I was talking about you know their second album. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good it's a good amorphous time. Oh yeah, it's a morphin time. Some morphin time. Too soon? Uh, yeah. It's anamorphin time. How about Ooh. that? Uh, Anamorphs are great. <laughs> what's uh, What's your favorite song or songs? Uh, yeah, so on this album in particular, I obviously, I, I, I can say every time, I, I love the, the opener because it definitely sets the mood yeah. for like what you're going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um. But other than that, I am a fan of Drowned Maid. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of Magic and Mayhem, the last out song on here. And then also probably Black Winter Day. So kind of the middle and end parts of this album, like yeah. beginning, middle, and end are some of my favorites. Nice. But what about you? I like the Castaway a lot. It's got the... Um and yeah, Black Murder Day. Um you had mentioned and then there's another one. Title escapes me at the moment here. Um Is it near like kind of the middle of the beginning or the end? It's like the one after Drown Made. Uh in the beginning. What's the one after that? Forgotten Sunrise? That's probably it. Yeah. Forgotten Sunrise is the other one. It's I the think. one he forgot about. Yeah, I think that's the one that has like a, it just has like a like a stomp, like a stompy riff to it, um, which makes no sense at all. But I think <laughs> people that that know the song, I think, would know what I mean. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, please tell us otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, validate our our love of these things, but yeah. obviously. You know, both of them, I, I think is something that we kind of talked about at the, on the first episode of, of this series is, you know, both of us are coming at this from different angles. Yeah. Where I'm a little bit more more versed. I wouldn't say versed. I would just say more than Joey on melodic death metal. And this is a lot of first time listening. Like you've listened to it enough to talk about it. Yeah. But, you know, it's a different approach right so it's it's interesting to kind of come at it that way yeah so yeah it's uh our diverging paths that would circle back around almost like uh furious seven exactly like furious seven <laughs> it's all about family guys yeah so crack up on a cold corona mm-hmm. sit, you know just relax you know you listen to some a lot of death metal with your boys Driving cars real fast, mm-hmm. which is what's going on outside of our windows right now. Yeah. Drink some Coronas, listen to Mellow Death, walk through a 
an elegant courtyard. Uh, have yourself a, a good time. Yeah, have yourself a ball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's amorphous, and uh, yeah, definitely recommend checking them out. And yeah, they're 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 a bit special special band in this in this you know these bands that we've been talking about. Uh, it's one of the more special, unique bands that we've yeah. talked about. You can definitely count them among you know, along with the the past two albums we talked about as one that was like the a prototype for what M- Mellow Death would become. Which I think our next album is sort of the most mellow deathy mellow death album uh that we've covered so far. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, probably. Um would that be? It is uh we're going back to Sweden for this one. It is Dark Tranquility's The Gallery. Ooh spooky oh. pictures. pictures from nineteen ninety five, right? Yes. Yeah, let's do I a think. let's do a roll. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, okay. And let's do a a roll call check. Roll call. Uh, on vocals we have Mikhail Stane. On lead guitar we have Nicholas Sundin. Rhythm guitar we have Frederick Johansson. And on bass we have Martin Henriksen. And on drums we have Anders Yivar. We got them all correct the yeah. first time we said yeah, it. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm yeah. glad that Joseph's doing this instead of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't I have mean... to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, yeah, this this uh, this band in particular, speaking of consistency. Oh, yeah. This is a, another band that is. Has a has ton of albums. Been, has had a ton of albums, but also has been consistent. Mm-hmm. Over time, and I think <laughs> it's funny because the last two, you know, the last episode when we were talking about Carcass and At the Gates, and having these weird similarities, I think Amorphous and Dark Tranquility have the weird similarities in their consistency. Yeah. However, I will say Amorphous may have had some weird ups and downs where they're trying to experiment a little bit with them themselves. Sure. Yeah, but like I can't, I can only think of like one album from Dark Tranquility that is like a little bit like less inspired, but the rest of it's like very like, you know, uh, stuck consistent. Their, yeah. yeah. Stuck to their guns. Yeah. And, yeah. but I mean, they, they're consistent, but I also, at the same time, they've expanded their sound. Yeah. And these different, you know, variations of it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the gallery, another second album, because this also is the second album from this band. Right. Yeah. True. Just like his Thousand Lakes was the second album from them. So, well, it's a weird, strange one. Billy, Billy, strange. Yes. But uh, tell me about your experience listening to the gallery for the first time. Yeah. So, as I said, um, I feel like this one is definitely the album that sounds the most like what melodic death metal as we know it today would kind of sound like. And, um, yeah, I feel that the, uh, you know, the more sophisticated sound is definitely something that I needed to warm up to a little bit more. But once I did, I found myself really enjoying it. Um, and, you know, since they've kind of come from the same scene as At The Gates and In Flames, which we'll discuss on uh, next week's episode, um, 
I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of the same sort of tendencies that Slaughter of the Soul had uh, kind of bleed into this one as well. Like the themes of, uh, you know, like uh, anguish and despair and uh, societal alienation. I feel like they kind of reverberate in this one, maybe not as directly as on Slaughter. I think uh, the lyrics here are a little bit more like poetic and elegantly written rather than the straightforward approach. Yeah. You can definitely tell with this band. I mean, you know, I mentioned it when we mentioned it when we talked about Amorphous with the synths, but this band has a, no keyboards whatsoever. Yeah. However, they have a pianist oh. that pops in yeah. on occasion and has these um, wonderful and like breathable moments in the album mm-hmm. that really kind of add a, like a, a layer of and a texture like a layer of texture to what what we're trying to you know get from something like this it gives you some breathing room but at the same time i don't know like it, the opener is so intense mm-hmm. it's just like a like a barrage of yeah, a song it's very fast paced almost like blast beats yeah it almost felt like when i when i i remember because i you know just looking into this album and like re-listening to it for this pod Mike's like, man, there's a lot of black metal esque mm-hmm. things going on in here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I, I, I dug, you know. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, piano. I just wanted to, I wanted to mention the piano. Yeah, because it's there's a, a really good moments in here with that. Right. There's the piano. There's the acoustic guitar that you hear a little bit as well. There's the guest clean vocalists that you hear on the title the track. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All of that just sort of adds that sort of layer of sophistication to their sound. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's definitely the intent. They wanted to make something that felt like a work of art. Which hints the the name and then also the cover, which has a very Hellraiser-esque look to it, which looks awesome. Yeah, it's like this labyrinth of images. Yeah. And it looks cosmic too. Oh yeah, and that's another thing too is which we'll get to later on with another bands. But like, I do love the themes of all these different bands we've talked about so far. Yeah, and I think that this one in particular has some of that that elegance and also some of that depression coming to the forefront. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just like you can you can sense it from just like looking at the artwork. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. From what I can gather, you know, um, I think Punish My Heaven, the opening song, is about, like, not fitting into a, like, predominantly religious society and how, you know, I can feel, like, the rejection of that. And uh, they've also found, uh, in looking into this record, that the the song Eden Spring is about alcoholism, about drinking as a a way to uh, cope. Um, I actually wanted to read some of the lyrics from that song because I thought they were really well written. Here we go. Um, Tomorrow is no friend of mine. Drenched logic, drenched judgment. Awake, every sense is new. For we know no tomorrow and yesterday appears in fragmented form. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, it is interesting to kind of think about a lot of the, you know, the themes of these songs, but also like what the bands and the, the members who wrote this, these, these lyrics, because a lot of the times these bands that we're talking about, these are, this, this is them in their like youth. Yeah. Which is just crazy. It's young and this introspective. Yeah. It's just yeah. The, to think that it writes something, you know, that cuts this deep. Right. But also, you know, makes them, the reason why we're talking about them today is because of kind of the, the music and, and the craft that they were able to put together. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the lyrics should definitely have, you know, a heavy hand in that. For sure. Yeah, and, um, you know, to continue on that point, the song uh, Leith, or I believe that's how you pronounce I'd say Leith, yeah. Yeah. Um, That song is titled after uh, a river in Greek mythology that causes drinkers from the river to forget their pasts, and it kind of uses that, like, that mythos as like a, a metaphor for you know for alcoholism i would assume um which i think is really a an interesting uh thematic device for for that yeah um yeah that's one of the that's one of the best songs on the album even like just sonically too yeah um because we we listened to that before we we jumped in um to this podcast and that was definitely one that stood out my favorite two songs on the album are actually the last two which are like a companion to Mm -hmm. each other and i you know you you mentioned the acoustic guitar yeah and that is like that that song where uh kind of leads where the start of it is the mine is a grandeur that is probably like one of the prettiest I was to say, I don't know, maybe prettiest, and it's not the right word for it, but one of the best moments in a like a melodic death metal album I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that transition into you know of melancholy burning, which yeah. is that second part. That is a, such a nice transition, and you know it, that's something I look for in a lot of the music that I listen to is kind of that next the next piece. So, like, how does the album fit together? And this is a really good example of, of yeah. something that flows very, very well. I right. think this. I think so far, out of the bands that we've talked about, and the our albums we've talked about, this is probably the one that flows the best. Yeah, that's maybe it's a, a good point. Um, Slaughter of the Soul maybe may have an argument. Well, with that. yeah, I mean, Slaughter it flows really well just because it's just like it moves so quickly, thematically, right? Yeah. And this one, it has moments to just kind of breathe and exactly. let things sink in. So it's, you know, they're both really well-paced, but this one, I think, is they had more of a, a choice that they wanted to make to give it those those moments of, uh, you know, breathing room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crafted a little bit more. There's more structure to it, I suppose. Yeah. And I don't mean that knock against the other ones. It's just more like it. it's more apparent. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
they definitely follow the same sort of more intellectually minded footsteps in songwriting and in in lyric writing like their peers and uh at the gates and uh in flames which we'll discuss on next week's episode but uh yeah uh that's kind of why this album slaughter of the soul and uh, the gesture race from the same scene are kind of grouped together just because they capture this like specific moment uh, from a specific place where these three bands were just like influencing each other and just like giving each other momentum to create and uh, yeah, just kind of build each other up, I guess. Although I don't know if you knew about them and then flames, but they, they were pretty rivalry. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, because Maybe competitive influence, yeah. Because the the previous vocalist of Dark Tranquility, um, actually went on to to In Flames. Oh, okay. Um, and so literally there was that one album with the In Flames vocalists on Dark Tranquility. I guess he was originally Dark Tranquility, and then goes to the goes to In Flames, and then Jester Race comes out the same year. So it's an interesting thing. So it'll be interesting next week when we talk about Jester Race, kind yeah. of seeing that the difference and the comparison. Yeah, that is a that is wild, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, but yeah, this is a really great area um, for a lot of death metal in general. Is just that Gothenburg sound. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've kind of highlighted with two two of these bands already so far yeah for sure um i think my favorite tracks on here are the title track the gallery um that like kind of opening just like the i feel like that has like like a really epic feel to it and then i really like the uh the dividing line which is the song that comes right before it for you know kind of the opposite it's just like a really heavy just kind of fun catchy song um but yeah they they really cover all the bases check all the boxes with this album and um it's pretty clear why it has the lasting impact that it does yeah and it, i out of uh all the bands that we've talked about this is like i said the one that i haven't spent as much time as i would like to have yeah. spent with um but at the same time my current obsession it, you know listening to all these albums like it's like this is the one that of the four we've talked about so far that i'm like you know what? i should give this one more space and more time to listen to it because mm. there's so much there's so much going on in here yeah and yeah i i, I love it and uh it's almost like i've dis- I rediscovered this album because i, I mean i feel like i didn't listen to it very closely the first go around the first few go arounds that i have heard it yeah so it'll be it'll be nice and now i kind of want to go through dark tranquility's discography yeah i um similarly to what i did with amorphous i listened to their last album which was moment which mm-hmm. came out in 2020 and that was very, very good too and it you know like halo uh you could definitely see the the through lines from what they released way back when to to where they are now it's definitely more 
follows the more accessible, more higher production value sort of feel, but you definitely get a sense that, you know, what they did before still remains a part of their, their sound. Yeah, absolutely. And they've, um, I, I would say if anyone's listening, you know, it's, it's good to kind of go from the beginning and end and, and mm-hmm. see where, where they, where they lie now. Um, but I'd also, you know, I would say for anyone who hasn't heard these albums, I definitely say, listen to the middle albums of character and fiction. Yeah. Cause those are the ones that really introduced me to the band. Um, back back in those time periods when I, I listened to them in the mid 2000s that was the, the the albums that really drew me in to this band so it's it's always cool to kind of see that middle spot um i don't know why but i i do want to mention this band because we haven't we're not going to yeah. necessarily and it, it almost rides the line of progressive death metal and, and melodic death metal but this album really reminds me of Opeth oh, yeah. in some ways. And Opeth is, yeah, if I won't gush, but it's one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Um, the album that really, I think, put them on the map besides Blackwater Park is the album that came out before it, uh, Still Life, which came out a few years after this one because this one came out in 95. Still, if I think came out in 99, um, sometime around there. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of similar elements um, that both of them play. Yeah. Whereas there is this, you know, there's, first of all, there's, there's guest vocals, <laughs> uh, female variety. There's also an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. in several of the songs. Um, there's also a, a you know, a blitzkrieg of intensity when it comes to some of like the riffs and like the, um, the vocal delivery. So there's a lot of similarities to this and still life, at least for me. Um, I don't, I don't know if anyone else who knows both those albums really senses that, but that's something I would recommend too. If anyone is yeah. a fan of that, I, I would recommend that to you. Mm-hmm. I think you would like still life by Opeth yeah. quite a bit. Um, I'm sure I would. But yeah, if anyone is ever curious, we're not going to be talking necessarily about Opeth because no. they went the progressive I'm, side. But... I'm sure we'll talk about them at some point. Sure, on sure. This podcast. Yeah, but this is the the gallery happens to be the still life comparison that I would put, even though it's it's a weird one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I so mean, sounds like it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, love right. our tranquility. Happy to excited. Hell yeah. Um. Well, we're gonna be. Rolling right, right around. Right, 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 right. Rolling right around. You <laughs> must <laughs> it. Um, next week on chapter three of our Melodic Death Metal Essentials tome. Um, chapter three. Yeah. We're going to be staying in Go- Gothenburg with um, In Flames. In Flames. In <laughs> Flames. Uh, yeah. Their, their landmark album the jester race and we're also going to be discussing edge of sanity's crimson crimson yes i've well i'll uh i'll just uh you might talk about opeth again is what you're saying yeah and yeah, yeah. uh crimson is uh yeah that's that one's gonna be a, a high ranking album for me by the end of this i think yeah it's good 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, two amazing albums that are coming up that we're yeah. excited to talk about. It's going to be sick. Um, we thank you all again for checking us out. Um, give us a follow on Instagram. Um, at <laughs> I blanked there for a second. <laughs> Where are we? Um, at Scouring Pod on Instagram uh, and maybe Twitter. If that's a thing <laughs> by the time this episode releases. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.